come on, come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Bless the
Spirit wants to stir something in us. The Holy Spirit wants to do something powerful in our lives, and He wants to to move in our situations and circumstances. And if you're here this morning, or you're watching online, and you've got a need, just reach out to the Lord. I, I just really feel the Lord wants to touch physical bodies right now. The, the Lord, I just really sense a very strong presence uh, for the Lord to bring healing, specifically physical healing in our bodies. And we're going to pray for that right now. Lord, we come to you in the name that is above every name. We come to you in the name through the, the, the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, buried, resurrected, and then ascended into the right hand of God the Father. And Lord, through that resurrection, through the power of the anointing of the Father flowing through his body, Lord, he resurrected not just for himself, but for us. And Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every single person that needs a physical healing right now, God. We ask that the anointing of your spirit would be strong upon us, Lord. We ask for a quickening power of your spirit over our bodies. Father, we pray that we would be strengthened in areas where doctors may have said there's no, nothing else they can do. But Lord, we know you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals us. And Lord, I just pray right now for a supernatural touch in your sons and daughters' lives. Lord, we pray for an infusion of physical strength and health in our bodies, Lord. We pray for a supernatural uh, presence of your spirit to give us a peace that passes understanding that you would guard both our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And Father, I pray for an anointing that will break off yokes of bondage over us as well. I pray, God, there would be a release in the spirit realm over us, Lord. I pray there would be a release in the supernatural over us, God, that, Father, we would no longer walk under any kind of cloud or heaviness or worry or depression or anxiety, but, God, we would walk in the truth, the truth that set us free so that we could walk as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And, Father, I pray for an anointing over our lives right now, God. I just, I'm getting the picture, Lord, of a of a, a shield around us, Lord, a protective shield around us that's protecting us, Lord, from the attacks of the enemy. And I pray that, God, we would be uh, established in you, Father, that our lives would be established in you in a very powerful and a very real way, Lord. And we just commit ourselves to you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. You know, it's great to have the faces with us today. 
I was thinking of having to put up cardboard uh, cutouts of people, but it's so good that the Supreme Court made a wise decision this last week and is letting us gather together once again in, in person. And we continue to press on to do what God's called us to do. One of the things that this church has been called and committed to do is to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. That we will not allow the obstacles to thwart what we're doing, but we will continue to operate and be submissive to authorities above us, but also move forward in what God's called us to do. And so if you're watching us online or you're local in Morgan Hills, South Valley, we invite you to come to our service. We have an 830 outdoor service, and we're also going to be doing our 1030 indoor. The only difference between the two is outdoor. We have singing. And until the county releases the guidelines for us to sing indoors, only people that will be singing will be our worship team. All right? So we, I want to talk to you just briefly before Pastor Lynn comes up. I won't be very long because she's got a powerful, powerful message. But I want to talk to you about having a mind of Christ. God wants you and I to have a mind of Christ. He doesn't want our mind to be polluted by things of the world. He wants our mind to be transformed and be renewed because Scripture says that when you have the mind of Christ, you have the mind of the Spirit, and you have both life and peace. And God wants to really transform our minds to not think the way the others around us do. Now, as believers, we're called to think different than the non-believer. Don't expect a non-believer to think like you. But what we need to do is we need to be operating the way the Spirit of God has called us to do what He's called us to do. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, he says, we have the mind of Christ. And if you have the mind of Christ, the way you view things, the way you view people is even different. You know, we don't view people in a worldly state of mind. We don't view people, when we look at them, we don't judge them on an outward appearance because we know they're made in the image and likeness of God. Even if that person is antagonistic to our faith, even if that person is different than us, even if that person is, is, is just in your face, we look at them as a son and daughter of the Most High God. They just don't know it yet. See, we're walking in revelation. They're not. We should anticipate people not to love us. We should anticipate people not to be kind to us because they don't know the Lord. But we have the mind of Christ, and our mind has transformed us. We're renewed. And the beautiful thing about having the mind of Christ is it keeps us in perfect peace. You know, we're living in a world right now that is, is, is just imploding. You know, I was out in front of my house this last week and I was doing some yard work and a, a person was walking by and they had gloves on, they had long sleeve jacket on, they had a mask on, they had a face shield on, they had earphones on, they had their, their hoodie cinched up really tight and as I'm in my front yard doing some gardening in our flower bed, which is right by the sidewalk, they walked by and we're going six feet, six feet, six feet. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is my yard. It's outdoors. I'm not walking up to you going, <sighs> you know. But there's a paranoia. People are afraid if they even come close to another person, you know, that they're going to get sick. And I want us to operate not with a spirit of fear, but with a spirit of love, Amen. of self-discipline, of a sound mind. And a sound mind comes when it's transformed by the Word of God. God does not want us to conform to the world around us. He wants our mind to be transformed and renewed in the Word of God. As God's Word gets in us, it changes us. It changes us into the men and women that He's called us to be and He's destined us to be. And the way that we do that is very simple. First thing you do 
is you devote yourself to the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, in the book of First Chronicles, chapter 22, verse 19, it says, devote your heart and your soul to seeking the Lord. The heart is your emotions. Your soul is the rest of your being. The soul is you, who you are as a person. We, we devote ourselves. And when you're devoted to someone, you're only committed to them. My wife and I, we're devoted to one another. There's no one else between us. There's nothing that's going to come between us. We have made a, a resolve to be devoted to one another. And God wants you to be devoted to Him. He wants you to seek Him first. He wants you to have Him as your first love. He wants you, you to have that relationship with Him. There's an intimacy. And if you do that, then the second thing becomes real easy. You begin to listen to the Word. How, does, how do we know that what truth is? The Word. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to come to the Father, you come through me. And the beautiful thing is, I love the, I love the Old Testament. Psalm 119 is one of my favorite psalms. In Psalm 119, in, in verse uh, 9, it says, How can a young man cleanse his way? This is a really good scripture for our youth pastor, Pastor Nick, to have all the youth memorized. How can a young person cleanse their way? The same way an old person cleanses their way. By giving heed and attention to the Word of God. When we submit ourselves to the Word of God, it cleanses us from all of the filth around us. And what God wants to do is God wants you and I to be people who are washed by the Word. You know, we used to be in a lifestyle that was opposite of what God's Word was. But once we come to faith, we've been washed, we've been cleansed. We've, what Scripture says, we've been made holy. That's why we call one another saints. So each of us is a saint when we're made holy in Christ. You see, when, we, when we, we, we devote ourselves to the Lord and we allow the Word of God to come into our life to transform us, and then we're, we're filled with the Spirit to a place where we're constantly being filled. Scripture says, be being filled with the Spirit. It's an ongoing present tense, uh, an event that happens not just in one point in time, but something that you start with and you continue on with. We are going to be continually being filled with the Spirit. The book of Ephesians in five, chapter 5, verse 18 tells us, we should be full of the Spirit. Because when you're full of the Spirit, your mind is under the control of the Spirit. Amen? And we want our minds to be controlled by the Spirit. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give us a mind to open. I know Pastor Lynn's got a great word. She's going to come after the announcements and preach. But Lord, I pray that our minds would be open and receptive to the things of the Spirit, to the truth of your word and the power of the, the transformational power of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Nick, you want to come and do the announcements? Let me say one thing as Pastor Nick's coming. The, the Supreme Court made the decision. Come on, you can come up. The Supreme Court made this decision, so we will be gathering indoors. So if you know people that uh, are looking for a church that is open, we are currently open, and we'll be continuing to follow safe distances. We have pews separated from people. There's at least six feet between us, and we have lots of room. We could have up to 120 people in our sanctuary based upon the, 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 the county guidelines. So we have ample room, and if we need to, we could put even chairs in the foyer to make more space. So I'd like you in, uh, to invite people to come to church with you next Sunday, okay? Pastor Nick. Welcome. My name is Pastor Nick. I'm the youth pastor here at Crossroads Christian Center. And we're so glad that you guys could log in, join us today. We do have an 830 service here on site. So feel free, stop on by 830. We're in the outside courtyard and it's a wonderful time. 
Uh, just as Pastor David said, we are meeting inside also, but masks stay on and just enjoy worship, enjoy being in the presence of God. And it's amazing. Today, just standing here in church, hands up, surrendering to God, and casting my own thoughts and my own uh, trouble aside and saying, Lord, it's yours. And this is your time I give to you. Uh, we have a new, uh, we have a weekly e-newsletter, which is uh, every Friday we send out a newsletter. Uh, if you want to hop on that, shoot us a message on Facebook, get connected with us, and we'll add you to it. Uh, listen to our sermons online. Again, Facebook, uh, <laughs> we're in a new age of just <laughs> being like an octopus, tentacles spread all angles and getting God's word out there. Uh, we do have our Tuesday night on CCC Facebook, Girls with Swords. Let me tell you something, this is not just for girls, <laughs> but it is geared towards girls. Uh, I logged in the first couple times and thought, oh, this feels weird, like I'm spying or something on a different ministry. But that's not the case. You're going to get fed no matter who you are. And we're starting Tongues of Fire worship service. That's March 26th. So log in, uh, join us. It's going to be a great time. We're just going to be unified in the Spirit. And we have our Holy Spirit retreat um, our dates are Thursday night and Friday night, April 8th and 9th. Uh, join us then. We talked about it at youth group. Uh, this is for people who have not received tongues or have received but are not active in their tongues. And God still wants to fill you. He wants you to be active using your spiritual muscles, using the spirit, the gift that he's given us. Uh, our missionary of the week is John Pagrati from Lucknow, India. Uh, their mission is to give up on no one. And that is a hard statement. That's hard to live by. So send your prayers. Pray with us. Um, especially in a place where you're being pushed down and giving a whole bunch of no's. So pray with them. Uh, and don't give up on tithes and offering, guys. Be faithful in that. Just as you are faithful in your prayer and your attendance and logging on, be faithful in giving, too, because when you give, you're going to see so many doors open, and God's just going to pour out through you. So we're going to have Pastor Lynn come on up and do a message. Stay tuned. Hey, man, thank you, Pastor Nick. He's doing a great job with the youth. Youth meets on Wednesday nights, Crossroads Connect, Wednesday nights at, I think you start at 6.30. They have some fun time before service at 7. And so I want to invite you out for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Offering. You want me to pray for them? Oh, there's people in here. We can give the offering. Yeah, the offering can go around. There's actually people in here. This is our first Sunday. So we usually don't take the offering, but we are right now taking the offering. So go ahead around and uh, just go ahead and take it. Mark, thanks. Praise the Lord. We're talking about the clean lives, the clean house series. And we're going to talk about a clean mind. But a clean mind is a renewed mind. 
Clean mind is a renewed mind. Actually, while we were singing the song Egypt, the song where he brought us out of Egypt, that song went through my head multiple times this week as I was preparing this word because the Lord said to me, there are many Christians, many believers who keep their mind still in Egypt. There's parts of their mind that remain in bondage or in captivity or in unbelief. And the Lord says, that's not my will. My will is not for them to remain in old thinking, old thinking in certain areas of their life, old habits that they cling to. That is not my will. My will is for them to have a clean mind, which is a renewed mind, which is a transformed mind. Amen. You know, there's people in here now. You all can say amen. You can't sing, but you can say amen. It's not mom's word everywhere. You can say amen. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about a renewed mind today, which is a clean mind. You know, Adam and Eve were placed in a perfect garden. They were placed in the presence of God. They were placed in a place that was just simply all good. God said multiple times, it is good. And in Genesis chapter 3, when the enemy comes to Eve, how does he come to Eve? He comes to her through her thoughts, through deceiving her, to tempting her in her thoughts. Because he wanted to bring her into agreement in her thoughts with the enemy. Rather than agreement to the father, to the creator's thoughts about who they were. And so in Genesis 3 verse 4 through 6, we're going to read this. This is what it says. It says, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Now, remember, Eve was already made in the image of God. So the enemy's coming to her as if there's something lacking in your situation. You can be like God. Knowing good and evil. She knew good. She only knew goodness. But the enemy was going to introduce evil to her if she would agree with him. And now this is the truth, people. You know, one of the greatest uh, accusations against God, and I've heard it for years, and probably it's been for generations since creation, since the fall of man, that God should stop the evil, that God somehow created the evil. Why, did God, why does God allow all this evil in the world? I'm going to tell you. The porthole of evil was not God. God did not create evil. God only created good. It was the enemy who introduced evil through the agreement of humans. Through the agreement of them stepping outside of the presence of God. Stepping outside of agreement with God. Stepping outside of being in submission to God's authority. And that's how evil was introduced. The greatest lie that the enemy has placed in the human mind through agreement, through the fallen mind, is that somehow God is not good. That God is uh, the reason for the evil. That God is responsible for the evil. That is the greatest lie. And that's what he does here. He basically says, pretty direct, I'm going to show you, you're going to have the knowledge of good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the heart. That is the seabed. That is the foundation. That is the life spring of desire. So she saw that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. So it goes from the heart 
to the mind. She took some, she made a decision, and then she had an action, and she ate it. And that produced the fallen mind. The fallen mind. She listened her thoughts about the situation, and it shifted from agreement with the creator, with her father God, and it shifted to agreement with the enemy. And this shows us that the porthole of influence is our mind. The mind is very significant. It shifted Eve to sin because she agreed with the enemy. And it created a distorted mind and a fallen mind. The fallen mindset comes through agreement with the enemy. See, the enemy likes to distort our mindset through convincing us that God is not good. And this is foundational for a renewed mind that you must be established in your thoughts that God is good. Your salvation experience bringing you into relationship with God is established that you have a good, good father. See, the enemy wants you to take on his thoughts. Even as a believer, it's interesting how many times I have talked with Christians who struggle with the concept of God being good. Maybe they go through things because of this fallen, broken world. They go through things. We all go through things. And they blame God. Being in agreement with the enemy that God is not good. Uh, Accusing him. That is slave thinking. That is bondage thinking. That is captivity thinking. That's Egypt thinking. That somehow you have a God that wants to keep you in some sort of bondage. And the Lord said, I brought you out of that. I have set you into the land of promise. All the good things that Jesus purchased for you. See, the enemy introduced Eve to good and evil. They already knew good. God said it many times. This is good. Creation is good. It's good. It's good. So when we blame God for evil, we have the thoughts of the enemy. But we are new creation. Jesus came. He redeemed us. And he redeemed our thinking. He redeemed our mindset. He came to bring to us a transformed mind. He came to cleanse our mind from all the impurities and pollutants of sin and the fallen mind. And he came to teach us. He came to teach us about our mind, about transformed mind. But he also came to model for us. What it looks like to have a transformed mind. Now you may ask me, did Jesus need his mind to be transformed? No, he didn't because he never had a fallen mind. But what Jesus did is that he had a Holy Spirit controlled mind. Because Jesus fully God, 100% God, 100% humanity. He laid aside his divinity and he said, you know, everything that I accomplish on this earth, every the mission that God the Father has given to me, I will accomplish it through the power power of the Holy Spirit and my humanity. Why? So that I can tell the people. So I can tell my followers I could do it. So can you. That's why he says and greater things you can do because I go to the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit because the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. That same power that caused Jesus to walk with the mind of God, with the Father's thoughts. That same power dwells in you and I he came 
to redeem our minds. And he came to show us what it looked like to walk with a transformed mind, to walk with the mind of the Father, with the heaven's thoughts. See, Jesus' thoughts were directed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. He could know the Father's perfect will. Because his thoughts were directed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he obeyed the Father. And that's what we can do is also. We can walk filled with the Holy Spirit. Having our thoughts controlled by the Holy Spirit. It is a lie to believe the enemy that your thoughts cannot be controlled by the Holy Spirit. They can be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go into that in just a minute. You know, we became... Believers in Jesus Christ through repentance, through repentance. You know, repentance isn't a very popular concept. Admitting that we are sinners, admitting that we are falling, admitting that we have done wrong things. But when we came to Jesus, we came through our confession, our repentance. First John 1 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Our repentance brought to us changed thinking. Before, we didn't know we were wrong. We didn't know. But then when we repented, when the Holy Spirit convicted us, when the message of the gospel came to us, we repented. And it launched, changed thinking. It launched, changed thinking. And so the life of the disciple is walking in repentance. That's how we were launched. We were launched in submission to the Lord. And when we have thinking that is of the world, when we have sinful thinking, when we have fleshly thinking, we return to the repentance and say, forgive me and take on the mind of Christ. It's so important for our stance as we are transformed, as we are, have the metamorphosis of becoming like Jesus, that we keep the humility of repentance as a part of that. Ooh, a lot of times Christians think they repent one time. We repent more than one time because we are being made like Christ and he's revealing things to us. But we have a transformed mind through being renewed. Let's read that. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Because Jesus is our example of transformed thinking. He had the mind of God. He had God's will, his good and perfect pleasing will. And this scripture says, and so can we through a renewed mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In the King James Version, it says, This is your reasonable service. This is interesting because I, I want to just bring that out for a minute. This is reasonable. Are you being reasonable? It's intellectual. Are you being intellectual? This is the intellectual thing to do. I'm going to say this. It's to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice is the best use of your intellect. Come on. Some of us say, oh, I'm so intellectual. You know, I'm not an emotional person. I'm an intellectual person. Guess what? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is the best use of your mind to do so. And then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then what's the product of that? You will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do you know God's will? It's by having a renewed mind. There is this kind of like thought out there in the church and the believers that somehow you don't, you don't need to or you shouldn't or you can't know the will of God but according to this scripture and according to Christ's example who functioned in the will of God we can know the will of God for the situation how through a renewed mind through being transformed this is the best use of your mind but it says do not conform see the Lord in the scripture is demanding of us to submit our minds to him do not conform be transformed have his thinking listen jesus said the greatest commandments love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength we give him all of who we are the fact is this faith your faith when you came to jesus did not come through your mind it came through your heart it came through the place your control said your mind is connected to your heart but it didn't come through your your mind it came through your heart however this is important the renewed mind strengthens and enables your faith see the fact is this your mind can either erode your faith or it can strengthen your faith the way that you think can either erode your faith or strengthen your faith now jesus is an ex- our example we're followers of christ we are jesus to the world we are the body of christ and he walked with a mindset that we should have The same kind of mindset that we can have through renewed mind, through being transformed. And Jesus gives us this example. Let's take an example of what he did. Jesus did miracles. We all know that Jesus did miracles. He had an anointing. You all have an anointing. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are anointed. The Holy Spirit's on you. He's in you. Miracles happened because people had faith, the faith of the recipient, the faith of the person receiving the miracle. Actually, Jesus couldn't do miracles in Nazareth, if you read it, because there was no faith in him. So faith was involved. But also, Jesus knew God's will for the situation. He had the thoughts of God for that situation. Every situation being a little different. He knew what God wanted to do in that situation. He was our example. See, the truth is this. Rather than us fearing the problem, God is sending us into the problem to show the possibility. That's what Jesus did. He didn't walk in perfect situations. He ran towards the problems. He ran towards the need. Jesus came from heaven to earth because there was a need, because there was a problem. There was a sin problem. 
And he has put his believers in this place, in this earth for such a time as this to come and end the problem, see the possibility, see the will of God for the situation to not fear the problem. See, because what would bring fear to your old fleshly mind will excite the spirit controlled mind will excite because we can know God's will for the situation. See, a renewed mind realizes that God wants to bring his glory, his miraculous power, heaven's perspective to the challenge, to the problem. That's what a renewed mind. You know how many times in my journey as a minister, whether it be here, overseas, wherever I'm going, that I have said to the Lord, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. There's a problem that comes and I say, I don't know. But you know what I do say? but you do. I don't know the answer right now, but you do. And scripture says in James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God who gives generously. See, God wants to bestow, give his thoughts regarding the situation, regarding the problem to you. See, the fact is this, the renewed mind sees the possibility in the problem. Too many believers are running away from the problem. We want to pray away the problem rather than get into the problem and bring God's will into that problem. Bringing God's possibilities, bring God's heaven into that problem. We are people who have the mind of Christ and he wants us to bring his views into that problem. Why did Jesus send out the 70? Even while he was on earth, as in his incarnation, he sent out the 70 he gives them power and authority the 70 don't go out to have a big old party that they know jesus telling people no they are sent into problems how do we know that they're sent into problems because they come back with a report of healing and deliverance even demons are in submission to your name jesus jesus still sends out his children into the problems to bring God's perspective, to bring God's power, to bring God's glory into that. See, the fact is, purpose of the believer is to illustrate and demonstrate the will of God. To, to, to illustrate and demonstrate the will of God. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. It's not a us for and no more. My life is good over in the corner. It's we bring to this broken world. We are Jesus to this world. We bring to this broken world his will. And his will is good. His will is heaven. We can know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God when we have a renewed mind. When we have that renewed, we can have Jesus's thoughts. Jesus wants to give us his thoughts about the problems that he wants us to face. He wants us to encounter. We've got to change our perspective on a problem. When we are thinking about a problem and we have to run away from it, we have fleshly perspective on it. 
We're denying the power of God. We're denying the renewed mind that he wants because he has sent us. He has allowed us to encounter that problem to bring his answer to that problem. See, our thoughts, our thoughts empower the unseen world. Now, that sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to explain it to you. Our thoughts empower the unseen world. Let me read to you. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Okay. So our thought life either enhances our faith or erodes our faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. So I just said our thoughts empower the unseen, not seen world, right? Our thoughts either empower our faith, enhance our faith, or they erode our faith. Now, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Verse 4, right before that, says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. They are supernatural for the destruction of fortresses. So our thoughts empower the unseen. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, right? It's with principalities and powers. So our thoughts have to be connected with the unseen world. We have to have heaven's perspective on things. That's how we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's how we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So our mindset has to be a mind of the spirit. Listen, in this passage, it says, who demolishes the arguments? We do. It doesn't say God's going to come in and do it. Okay, I'm going to demolish the argument for you. Then I'm going to do this for you. You just sit there. Just sit there and watch Netflix. It's okay. No, we demolish. We get in there. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit, with our will, to say, you know what? My mind will be in submission to the Holy Spirit. I will not walk with a mind of flesh. I will walk with a mind of the Spirit. See, the truth is this, and many believers, so many believers have this situation. We can live in access to the mind of Christ, but not actively walk in it. We can visit the mind of Christ, but not actively walk in the mind of Christ. We can refrain from taking our thoughts captive. We can choose not to take that thought captive. And then we can be convinced of the arguments of the world. We can be in agreement with the arguments of the world because we don't take the thoughts captive and bring them under submission to the mind of Christ. See, it's the will of God. It is the will of God for us to walk in his power with his mindset. For you to walk in his power, you must have his mindset. See, the will of God is heaven on earth, bringing the presence of heaven on earth. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to connect heaven to earth, the father to his children. He came to do that. He says this 
in his prayer, Matthew 6:10. This is the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who what's his will then? His will is bring the presence of God to earth. How do we do that? Through us, through his children. His will is for his kingdom presence and influence here on earth. This is the approved will of God. And our perspective should be this is his will. See, but how do we know his will? How do we get it all practical? Practical. Well, we test things against the approved will of God. How do we know the approved will of God? Through his word. Through the word of God. There are a lot of ramblings out there, even in the Christian culture, that they add things, supplement the word of God. We don't need the word of God supplemented. The word of God is the authentic word to us. And we take our situations, we take our life circumstances, we take our problems, and we bring them to the word of God. And we say that we filter those things through the word of God. That's how we know the will of God. So, if what, what has been spoken or done or experienced is not in agreement with the original, which is the word of God, then it needs to be discarded. What is authentically from the Lord, which is his word, is what is acceptable will for you. The acceptable will of the Lord for you is what's in his word. See, we are to live having been impacted by the original. That's his word. That's his word. Not a fake, not a counterfeit, not less than, but the original. What does God's word say about it? That's his will. That's what my mind needs to agree. It's not what the world says about it. It's not what somebody else says about it. What some sort of expert in the world says about it. It's what the word of God says about it. Because that's the filter for my mindset. That's having the mind of Christ. See, the enemy wants us to live in a counterfeit experience of God's kingdom. Counterfeit. Lesson. Too many believers, I believe this more than ever, are living in the minimum rather than the maximum. They've been taught the minimum. Sometimes because leaders themselves are living in the minimum. So they only teach the minimum. But God has a maximum. This house is going to be a muscle church. How are we going to be a muscle church? We're going to live in the maximum of what God has for us. He has set before us a banquet feast. A banquet feast of his power and authority and love and a sound mind and all these good things. And we're going to feast on that. But not only for ourselves so that we can bring heaven to earth. So that we can bring his solution to the problems see Jesus was our example and that's what he did he brought heaven's solution woo, to earth and then he said I'm going to give you my spirit and you're going to do the same but you've got to have my mind so no more this kind of talk like Christians say some, and I'm just talking to the Christians here that say, well, that just happened in scripture. That's not for today. Baloney. Baloney. That's living counterfeit. His word is for us today to live and walk in his word. His authentic word to flow through us. That's how we have the mind of Christ. 
We live in a supernatural life. Does that mean there's no sorrow or tragedy or pain in this world? No, of course not. This world is broken. That's why Jesus came. That's why we're here, people. There is sorrow. There is tragedy. There is pain. And the Lord sends his children into those situations to love and to bring God's presence, to bring God's comfort, to bring God's love and peace and joy in those situations. Listen, Jesus understood pain. We're not living in some sort of like, well, let's have this kind of like fantasy land mindset. No, that's not what this is. Scripture says in Isaiah 53, 3, he was despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Did Jesus understand pain? Absolutely. He understood pain. Jesus even lost. If you know the trajectory of Jesus's life as a young man, when he started his ministry at 30, his father, Joseph, had died. He understood pain, personal pain. But his perspective was different. See, the fact is this. When we have a renewed mind, it's not that we reject the things that happen and say, oh, you know, let's live in some sort of fantasy land in denial. No, but our perspective on things are different. We recognize God's ways in the situation. Our perspective. What God wants to do in the situation. The peace he wants to bring in the situation. Our perspective in pain. Our perspective in tribulation. Our perspective in the challenges and trials is different. Because we have a renewed mind. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2. That we must have a Holy Spirit controlled mind. Which is a transformed mind. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might understand, understand thoughts, the things freely given us by God that we see. He wants us to know in our mindset the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. See, the mind of the spirit speaks to us, not because we have a fleshly mind, but because we are giving ourselves to a Holy Spirit controlled mind. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. How much of the world thinks, oh, that's folly. That's ridiculous. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you want to cling to the fleshly mind, you won't get it. You won't get the spiritual things that the Lord is wanting to do. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, that means you can walk in this earth like Jesus did. Hey, right. You can walk with the mind of Christ, but you cannot do it with a fleshly mind. You have to do it with a spirit controlled mind. 
See, this scripture shows us the contrast between the old mind and the renewed mind. And you know what? If you're thinking, oh, those spiritual things are folly or ridiculous, that means you have a fleshly mind. People have who dismiss or ridicule spiritual things have a fleshly mind. Even there are Christians who ridicule spiritual things. The way they're thinking, the thoughts of God, and they ridicule that. That means they are thinking with the mind of the flesh. But our mindset, to have the mind of Christ, is to have a mind that's controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this scripture says we can have the mind of Christ. So the renewed mind recognizes that God has answers to every problem. How many problems? Every problem. And he has made these solutions available to us. Woo! Now listen, you and I, we're the body of Christ. We represent Jesus. And we are to grow in responding to things like him. We are to be like him. We are his children. And we are to have heaven's perspective on life. Whose perspective? Heaven's perspective on this life. So the more we discover how God thinks, the more it opens us up to experience him differently and be used by him. So in other words, we grow in this. We discover what God thinks regarding things. John 1.14 says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus came to earth. And dwelled here to bring heaven's perspective. And he had the thoughts of God. So he died for us and he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can walk with the mind of Christ. Okay? Now, we, when we receive him, we are new creations in every part of us. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us that we are now what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. The fact is this, when Jesus, that scripture says, and Jesus came and he dwelt, that means he tabernacled amongst the world. He tabernacled. And now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The same terminology used of Jesus now is used of us. And therefore we are Jesus to this world. So we have the ability to have heaven's perspective jesus functioned between both heaven and earth didn't he he functioned between both heaven and earth and so do we we need to have heaven's perspective our renewed mind enables us to live from his world heaven's perspective to this world so many believers and this is a word to believers word to christians so many believers don't have the perspective from heaven to earth. They're on earth begging God to do something. On earth as if they're an p- impoverished slave. That they're begging God rather than recognizing where they are seated. See, when we're begging God, when we're having that impoverished spirit, when we're having an orphan spirit, we actually have agreement with the enemy. 
We're still functioning like we're in Egypt. We don't know who we are. Because according to scripture, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We are seated in heaven, in heavenly places with Christ. And now we can have the perspective of heaven on things on earth. So yes, we function here on earth, but we also have the viewpoint of heaven when we have a renewed mind, when we have a Holy Spirit controlled mind, when we reject the mind of the flesh and receive and walk in the mind of the spirit. This is big. You know, this is not a sermon. It's a word. See, the renewed mind puts us in partnership with God. The renewed mind puts us in co-laboring with God to fulfill the purposes of God on this earth. God wants to use his children to fulfill his purposes here on earth. How else is he going to do it? He does it through the body. That's why Jesus sent his Holy Spirit. That's why he wants us to have a renewed mind. But it's our faith that opens the gate It's our faith that's either built by our mind or eroded. So in order for us to have heaven's perspective, we have to have faith. And it's our thought life that either builds that faith or it erodes that faith. That's why we take every thought captive and bring it under Christ Jesus. You are not going to live in the minimum. You're going to live in the maximum. You know, the enemy was trying to tell me, don't preach this sermon. Last night I was wrestling. Like the enemy was just, you know, I knew why. I mean, he's such a liar. Because he knows it unlocks you. Because the only way that the enemy has power over you is through your agreement. The only way the enemy has power over you is through your agreement. Scripture says this, Matthew 28, 18 and 19 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not partial. All. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I have given it to you. So all authority I have, now I give it to you. This is the same picture that was in the garden of Eden. That he had created, Adam and Eve, had given them dominion, power and authority. He had delegated to them that power and authority. And the only way that the enemy could get it from them is through them agreeing with him. In the same way, the enemy wants you to agree with the lie. The enemy wants you to agree with the philosophies of this world, as Corinthians talks about. The messages of this world. He wants you to agree because the only porthole for him to have power and authority is through human agreement. And that's why it's so important that we do not agree with the enemy, but that we take every thought captive. See, the fact is this, a clean mind is a transformed mind. And our thought life is the gateway to the power of agreement. Our thought life is the seedbed to the power of agreement. And the question is this, who are you agreeing with? 
And you say, well, I agree with what the word says, but is it in every area of your life? Are there areas of your life that you have set apart or you have kind of petitioned off that you are not in agreement with the Lord or with what the word of God says? Maybe we've accepted certain things in our lives, maybe because of pain, maybe because of mama and papa and generations before us that we have said, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. And the word of God says differently. We have to take those thoughts captive and bring them under the word of God. As scripture says, Romans, to know the perfect and acceptable will of God, which is heaven's perspective. Too many believers are living under, not over. They're not the, they're the tail rather than the head. And the Lord says, I'm making you a muscle church in this earth to bring my perspective, to bring my power, to bring my glory, to bring my healing to people. Worship team, come on up. See, the devil always comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what John 10 verse 9 says. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came and said, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy through your thought life. He wants to get you in agreement with his thoughts. That's what he did. That's the age-old deception. Get in agreement with my thought. Accept something. Accept something that is not the will of God. Accept something that is in contrast to what scripture says that you can have except that and if your mind agrees with it then your faith is eroded in that situation so you don't activate so you don't step out in faith in that situation because your mind has agreed and accepted what the enemy has said or what the world has said that's the greatest disempowerment of a believer is when they think the thoughts of the enemy. A lot of times it comes through pain, comes through situations, it comes through maybe past pain. Why did that happen? Why did I go through that? And it must be God's fault. He could have stopped it. The enemy wants you to blame God because God is good. And the enemy brought in the message of a lie way back when. It's the enemy. And the Lord says, no, I'm good. And you know what scripture says? See, we go back to the authentic word. He can take anything. I can do all things. He can take anything and turn it around for his good. It's like, you know what? You did go through that pain. You did. That was real. But guess what? Give it to me. Everything you've gone through, I can work it out for my good. For your power. For your stepping on the enemy's head. Crush his skull, the enemy's skull. Isn't it interesting in Genesis when it prophesies the answer for the curse and sin and the fall? Isn't it interesting that it says, and your heel would crush the enemy's head, the serpent's head? Thought life, how he comes in the thoughts, right? It's like, I'm going to crush the enemy's thoughts, trying to get you to think his thoughts. I'm going to crush them. 
I'm going to crush the enemy through the blood of Jesus. And you're not going to have the enemy's thoughts. You're going to have my thoughts. And my thoughts empower your faith. It doesn't just stop with thoughts. It empowers your faith to step out for action, to make change, to be his vessel of power and authority in this world. So I have come. I came. I came to teach you. And I came to show you, Jesus said, how to live. Full of the Holy Spirit. And you can have my mind. Which is the Father's mind. Which is heaven's perspective. And you can have it in 2021. Right in the midst of a pandemic. You can have my mind. Bringing God's answers to a broken world. See we got to receive that renewed mind. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to take captive every thought and bring it under submission to Jesus Christ. I want you to stand, those of you that are in here. The Lord wants to challenge, those of you listening online, the Lord wants to challenge our thought life right now because I know as I was praying that there are some areas in our thoughts, in our mindsets, Maybe there's certain areas that we have the mind of Christ and there's certain areas we have petitioned off. We've accepted certain things and they're not in agreement with the mind of Christ. They're not in agreement with the word of God. And the Lord says, it's time. It's time for you to give me that area. Some of you have accepted things in your family, amongst your children, amongst whatever situation you're going through. You've accepted it and you've agreed with the uh, defeat defeat and the Lord says you haven't been defeated you are not yet defeated because I am still the victorious one but you've got to invite my mindsets you've got to take those thoughts captive listen when you believe a lie you empower the liar when you believe a lie you empower the liar and the enemy is a liar and he wants you to believe his lies about situations the Lord wants to use you to see the possibility in the problem. Rather than running away from the problem, the Lord says, run into the problem and bring my possibility. Bring my answer. Bring my presence. Bring my glory. Just like Jesus did. Just like when Jesus sent out his 70. Just like when Jesus had his disciples filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and they went out. We are the same. The baton has been handed to us. We are no different. We are the original. We are not some sort of cheap copy. We are the original. We are the original believers because it's been handed down to us from generation to generation to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the mind of Christ regarding the situations and walk in His power. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You are no longer to think like you were in Egypt. You are no longer a pauper. You are no longer a beggar. You are no longer impoverished. You are no longer an orphan. You are no longer abandoned. You are no longer fearful. You are a child of God. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You can have the mind of Christ. You can have heaven's perspective. Woo! Come on. Come on. 
Jesus is taking you by the hand. He's teaching you. Take every thought captive. Jesus is saying, take that thought captive. You take it captive. I have put the power in you. So you take that thought captive and you bring it under submission. Right now, wherever you are, right now, wherever you are, this is a word to you. This is a launching point for you. Some of you have been uh, dwelling in the land of Egypt in some of the mindsets. I know this. I know this in my spirit. The Lord has spoken it to me many times over this week as I prepared. You've been dwelling in the land of Egypt. You've accepted certain things that the world has said to you, that the philosophies of this world, that the enemy has said. Maybe your sinful flesh has said it to you and you've agreed with it. And the Lord says, that's dwelling in the Egypt. The Lord says, I have brought you out of Egypt. I have taken you by the hand. I have commanded you to leave that place. I marked you out you have my power you have my authority Egypt has no power over you don't give it power don't give it power don't give it power don't give it power all power and authority belongs to me and I have given it to you don't you give the enemy power any longer let's sing that song Cause you stepped into my Egypt You took me by the hand And you marched me out of freedom Into the promised land Now I will not forget you God I'll sing of all you've done Death is swallowed up forever But the fury of your love Cause you stepped into my Egypt You took me Come on. 
yourselves up to the Lord right now, wherever you're at. We're going to give whatever area of our mind has not been in agreement with the mind of Christ. Maybe it's an area where we make excuses. Maybe it's an area where we have lots of failures in that area of our mindset. And the Lord's saying, come on, let me in there. Let me in. Maybe you've agreed with certain things 
uh, regarding your family, your finance, your business, the way you function with people outside of the church, and you've been in agreement with the wrong things, and the Lord says, no, you're to have agreement with me, with my mind. Maybe you run from problems, and the Lord says, why are you fearing the problem? I'm having you run towards the problem. I want you to run towards the problem, because I have an answer, and I will reveal my answer to that problem, as you are used by me, with my thoughts, with my mindset, Regarding that problem. The church. The Lord is building a muscle church in the earth. You say there's greater warfare than ever. Yes, you're right. Because when the enemy's losing, he likes to, to amp it up. He likes to amp it up. But I'm going to tell you this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has given you power and authority. You have way more power and authority than the enemy does. The power and authority the enemy has can only come from your agreement with him. You need to have the revelation which is in your head, which is in your mindset of who you are in Christ. And you have to walk in that revelation of who you are in Christ and in agreement with the word of God. Be in agreement with the word of God. God does not want his children fearful. He does not want his children feeling like they're defeated. He doesn't want his children shrinking back. As Hebrews says, that he is not pleased with us if we shrink back. We are not to shrink back as if we're being destroyed. We are not to shrink back. We are to have faith. We are to advance. We are to be bold. We are to be courageous. We are to not be of this world. We are not to be of this world. We are of another world with a different perspective. And we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind that's going to build our faith. Lord, we declare it over our lives. We all can grow. We all can uh, advance in this. We all can increase in this, in our mindsets to have your power your authority your viewpoints lord that your kingdom would come to through us to this earth so that your kingdom ways your kingdom uh, 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 atmosphere would come your kingdom presence lord would come through us to this world wherever we put our feet as you told joshua wherever we put our feet we have power and authority in this promised land. And so, Lord, may we not run away, but may we advance. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. We receive your word. We dwell in your word. We are corrected by your word. Lord, we repent if there's any areas of our mindsets that have been in allegiance to the things of the world or allegiance to our own sinful flesh. We repent of that, Father, and we step in to agreement by our own will by our own choice we say lord we step into agreement with you in your name amen god bless you god bless you now walk in the word with a renewed mind This is my freedom march. This is my freedom march. This is my freedom march to the promised land. This is my freedom march. This is my freedom march. This is my freedom march. 
took me by the hand and you marched me out in freedom into the promised land now i will not forget you god i'll sing of all you've done that this swallowed up forever by the fury of your love you stepped into my Egypt. you took me by the hand and you marched me out in freedom into the promised land now i will not forget you god i'll sing of all you've done death this swallowed up forever by the fury of your love you're the god 